G'day, folks. It is the coach here. Hope you are all praising the Lord. That is chaos. It's not even chaos ascended. I was going to say the chaos gods. We are talking all things Legion of the First Prince. What is that? Who is the First Prince? I don't know. Actually, I do know. But Buckets here in my guest and Buckets, Tyler, um, straight out of Canada. Howdy. He, you've been practicing this army since second edition. And I know that when it first came out, you thought you found some secret source. And yes. you've been practicing. You've been practicing, practicing, practicing. And it's interesting that we've been – we'll get into the intro in a second. But, like, when I saw Legion of the First Prince, I got interested. But I'm like, this is a soup. This is an army for me that is kind of like Cities of Sigma. I know we've talked about Slaves to Darkness being a little like Cities of Sigma. This is another level. But before we get into who on earth or what is the Legion of the First Prince, because I don't have a battle tome that says Legion of the First Prince, who are you, more importantly, and why on earth do you love this faction? Howdy, everybody. Uh, well, my name is Tyler Pearson. Buckets on the AOS Coach Discord. You might have interacted with me. <laughs> Um, just a guy that loves Warhammer here, got into it a few years back. Well, going on four years plus now and mixed armies were, are my thing. And I got turned on to some chaos and it's been, uh, all in ever since it just, it is the perfect aesthetic. It's got the lore to back it up and it has the rules now too, where you can compete. Yeah, no, it's a great faction. And and at first glance, it, it didn't make a lot of sense to me because I wasn't thinking about it, right? Like I'm looking at the list going, mm. cool. It's interesting. And maybe it was because I was looking at it because this is an update. You yes. had um you had Legion of the First Prince and Leo uh, and Legion of the Chaos Ascendant in the supplement book called Wrath of the Everchosen. Then when Broken Realms Bellacore came out, it essentially migrated the two into a new book which um, aligned perfectly with the new Bellacore model. And we have this new set of rules called Legion of the First Prince. And I think you've kind of cherry-picked the best from both. Mm. Yeah, Legion of Chaos Ascended was the true mixed soup. You were allowed to take all even endless spells, units that were available, just had the demon keyword for any unit available. Um, that included Skaven models, Wrath of the Ever Chosen units, uh, sorry, Slaves to Darkness units, and the chaos books themselves. You were also had access to all their spells, endless spells. Demon Rift was a big baddie last uh, season in 2.0, so it had access to that. It had access to a lot of tools. Yeah, and, and by the way, the spoiler alert here is the Legion of the First Prince is all based around Bellacore. So Bellacore mm. got an awesome new model. He is the First Prince, and um, there's a wonderful story and lore between Archeon and Archeon. Sorry, people have got a little bit upset with me on how I say <laughs> Archeon. Yeah, uh, I'll say it, I'll say it whatever, however I want to say it on the channel. But um, you 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 had this this you know this um this story between the two. And you just mentioned earlier about what you can and can't do. And I think one of the big great things is that this is a, a quote-unquote soup. So you can really mm. build the best out of um, corn slash Zench and Nurgle. But you are landlocked and not able to touch anything with that, um, uh, what's it called, the uh, ever-chosen keyword. Correct. So it does lock you out of a couple of things. As an example, you can't take Archeon. Um, but you you can take like literally most of, if not all, of the the great chaos stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, yes, you can. You can take 
anything you want. And that's what's beautiful about it. Corn uh, players, you know, all Slanesh players, Nurgle players, Zinch players. Sometimes there's a little bit of maybe uh, a rivalry between the gods and stuff. But here, uh, it's all about uh, doing the first prince's bidding here. So we all come together. The If people aren't privy to it, the FAQ that came out uh, removed ever chosen keywords. So, and we also lost the endless spells. So you're playing strictly with the four books of chaos here and Bellicor. That is all yes. you have access to in terms of units. So all you slaves to darkness fans, sorry. Sorry, not sorry, but <laughs> it reminds me a lot of, I think it was seventh edition Warhammer fantasy battles where um, they actually split up chaos. I don't know if, you know, for people who, who aren't from the old school, like me, um, Chaos used to not be separate battle tomes. They actually used to be a combination and they actually brought out Chaos Mortal or it used to be called the Warriors of Chaos and then you had the Demons of Chaos. So what you've essentially done is you've actually now got this ability to bring in the best of both worlds. If you want to run in Plague Bearers and Pink Horrors in the same list, mm -hmm. you want to run a Corn Demon Prince with Kairos Fate Weaver. Um, if you want to run, like there's so many weird combinations that you would never traditionally see. So what I love about this is it allows you to to take a different view to chaos. And especially if you're thinking about maybe painting a few different models and you mm -hmm. want to try it out, you know, you can start that collection and either tap into it or just have enough of like a little ally pool or a combo pool. Yeah, and one of the great things about this book is it gives it some certain tools that the original Chaos books don't have. If you're a corn player, you've always missed a six up after save. Yeah, and by the way, Archeon has the uh, ever chosen keyword, which is why mm -hmm. you can't do that little combination of Archeon and um, uh, Bellacore. So, sure. so for sure. And a gentleman said about or said about Skaven. Yes, they've removed the Vermin Lords are no longer. Uh, uh, demons that are available to the uh, first prince, even though they had the demon keyword, they were allowed before. Now Skaven is also uh, out. Yeah, but uh, so yeah, let's let's you know, like we, we're kind of getting into the weeds a little bit here, bucket. So I, I, I might take a little bit of a higher level for you and just find out what have you found so far in third edition. I think for someone who's gone from second to third, what's your learning so far? I've learned that. Uh, a six up after save all the time is great. And that's what we get in Legion of the first since if you were a demon army that didn't have that before, that's a new tool that you have access to in Legion of the first prince, which is all time six up after save. You're getting stomped at the end of the charge phase. Now you're taking the boards are tighter. It's a smaller area. The spells are hitting you more in 3.0 and uh, having that on say a unit of screamers, which Zinch never had is great. And what's, what's really cool for anyone who doesn't know, even know what Legion of the French Priest does, there's a couple of really cool abilities. I'll read out from the battle term while Buckets has a drink, and I might get his perspective on what makes this quite good, right? So you've got the Legion of the... the, the so you've got the first Damned Prince that allows you to get the reroll hit rolls for Bellacore while he's within 18 inches of a friendly Bloodletter, Horror of Zench, uh, Plague Bearer, or Demonette. And by mm. the way, you're going to notice here there's a lot of themes that are focused around demons. So it's really rewarding you for taking these types of demons. So you've got you've got that. You've also got an ability to bounce mortal wounds from Bellacore 
Is it mortal wounds and wounds? It's it's both. Yeah, it's, yes, it's both. It's wounds it's and both, mortal correct, wounds. Correct. Yes. So you can bounce wounds and mortal wounds off Bellacor to one of those four on a four plus. And it is within nine inches, everybody. It's not wholly within. I'm sorry, but that's rules. That's what they said. <laughs> it says it says it does say within. So unless it's an FAQ we're missing. But no. being able to like make Bellacore an absolute tank, have this screen of bodies that he's able to shrug off wounds, and then you're able to use things like Edward Life Swarm, use the heroic action to heal. Like taking down Bellacore is a big task. True. Uh very big task. Uh he's a big baddie now. He's one of those big characters. You can compare him to Marathi, Techless. He's up there. His points might not show it, but he's a force to be reckoned with. But that's not the only thing you get. You've also got the Cursed Skies that allows you at the end mm. of the Battle Shock phase, it allows you to roll a dice and on a 3+, plus you can bring back D3, Horrors, Bloodletters, Plaguebearers, Demonets, or Furies. Um, so that's... That's been changed recently. The FAQ okay. is only for one horror of Zinch, D3 Which for the sense. other models. Um, this is also a key in the wording in this rule is that you can do this in both your Battleshock phase and your opponent's Battleshock phase. So yes. this allows you to bring back D3 Plague Bearers in both Battleshock phases and then also roll for their banner in those Battleshock phases also. And so to what Doug has said, absolutely. Bellacore has to be your general for that one. So yes. That, that, if you don't take the Bellacore as a general, you can't bring back the uh, through the Cursed Skies. And you do lose out on Allegiance abilities, which we'll get into more later. Um, command traits and stuff like that, where there is some very powerful tools that you do lose out on by taking the Dark Prince as your general. You, you mentioned the six-up ward save for mm -hmm. um, everything that has the Legion of the First Prince keyword, which is awesome. Uh, and then finally, you've got that unyielding legions that, um, what is it, the end of the movement phase, pick one hero. And then how does that work? You roll 3d6 on a 10+, plus. you can summon something, bloodletters, pink horrors, plague bearers, demonettes. You get to summon a basic battle line of the four factions, 10 bloodletters, 10 demonettes, 10 plague bearers. And only five horrors of Zinch. This five horrors of Zinch unit can't have any command in it. So just five horrors of Zinch, which can be pinks, blues, brims, whatever you decide to take. But uh, that's on a 10 plus on 3d6. And one of the command traits can put that to a nine, but it's a 10 plus though. I was going to ask you, can you bring that down at all? So you said the there's a command trait that makes it a nine. Yeah, it's sitting at about 63.5% right now at a 10. A nine gets you up to about 75, 77, 78% around that number, which is every turn if you're summoning at a 75% clip at 10 Plague Bears a turn, that is a lot of wounds. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And the fact you've got so much regeneration ability to to bring back bodies onto the table and, you know, demons have a lot of um, a very high bravery as well. So... Uh, and there's some really good choices when you start looking at some of the demon options. I know when I was looking at some of the tournament lists that have just come out and some players have done really well on the competitive scene with Legion of the First Prince. Um, there's some, yeah, there's some really interesting builds and they're not, it's not, mm. not all cutter. And I know we'll go through one example in the show buckets, but you know, they, they, if you like, I don't know, blood letters, or you mentioned screamers before, or if you, you want to try the new um, Slanesh, you know, Dexessa or Sanessa, um, 
there's so many little combinations and ways to build around this, which I really like as a, you know, someone who likes to explore different builds. Definitely. One of the units I think that I want to try out, well, you have access to every demon unit, is, is a Fiend of Slanesh, because in this army you can, uh, one of the spells, we'll touch on it, but it allows a unit to fight when it's slain, and there's some strong demon units you can have when they die, refight again. So you can possibly fight multiple times with these units in this army. They originally don't have a six up after save. But you can pull from anywhere. There's endless combinations. Endless yeah, and, combinations. And people are already calling out to the combinations. I think people like Kairos Fate Weaver is definitely one. But I've been looking at lists. You know, the Changeling is coming into yep. lists. Blood, Bloodthirsters are coming into lists. As I said, Senessa and Dexessa are coming into lists. So the greater demons are all key. You can play great unclean ones. You can play all your greater demons. If you have greater demons piled up, if you have birds and zinch, if you have... Uh, Keeper of Secrets are great in this. You can have a Keeper of Secrets on a four-up re-rolling save in combat, six-up, five-up after save, actually. It's never been that strong before. It looks good, feels good, plays good, and it can make your other units pile in twice and fight, and then fight when they die also. So it can make your units fight three. Imagine a unit of 30 Demonettes fighting three times in one turn. It's it's pretty... Uh, it's powerful. It, there's so much going on with this army. Um, if you have some demons, play them. Just try them out. They gain advantages. Maybe you have a model on your shelf that you haven't used. A Burning Chariot of Zinch. If you haven't used your Burning Chariot of Zinch for a while, this is a great time to get it on the table. Yeah, it, it, I, I hope you all excited. You know, it, it is a, a great combination. Um, it allows you to build some things that you normally wouldn't build in your... I don't know, let's say you, you, you Zinch list, right? You know, not a lot of people are taking Screamers. Mm. Not a lot of people are taking certain builds, you know. It allows you to try some different things, and they've got a role in it. Uh, and to Hades has said, um, there is no greater demon than Bellacore, which maybe leads me to a question about Bellacore. Bellacore, mm. in the last edition before we got the new model and the new War Scroll, was really a support player. It was like 250 points or 240 points. You had him kind of on the table just to use his Dark Master ability. Yes. And Bellacore didn't really do much more. He was he was a support piece that sit on the back end. Whether he was on or off the table, Dark Master just happened and that was it. What have you found with the new War Scroll and even maybe just in third edition, what have you found with Bellacore um, as, a, as a, a, a hero? Well, the first thing is, is now he's a monster. And that in third edition is huge because it opens up a whole nother level of interaction in your opponent's turn, whether it's at the end of the charge phase. You know, you're getting heroic abilities, you're getting command points, stuff like that on him. His ability now, it used to be a strange, strange ability. Before the game would start, you would write down or nominate a unit in your opponent's army that had to be deployed on the board. That unit then you could activate on in the start of one of your opponent's hero phases, and then it does the Dark Master ability where on you'd roll a dice and that unit can't activate. Yeah, so, so it, it was great it for great for the big bad big bad heroes, you know, Archaon or Kairos and or a unit that's gonna kill you this turn or it's gonna get into you and you wanna stop it from charging you. But you had to nominate it at the start of the game. So if that unit was some, somehow removed from the table before you have activated the ability, you lost that ability. 
So it's a bit different now. With Bellacore, you can use that ability whenever you want at the start of the phase. So you could choose the unit. Maybe it was a unit that had been summoned by your opponent on the second turn or on the third turn, and you decide to activate it on that unit. Or you can wait till the second turn to kind of feel how it's going, then activate on your opponent's unit. You can choose, and that's a major change into his uh, ability. And by the way, to what Dog said, you know, Dark Master can be swinging. Absolutely, yes. it can be swinging. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but, but as an opponent, if it was consistent and you could just shut down my toy automatically, that is a really bad experience as me as an opponent, right? But where I love Dark Master, and, you know, in the current meta, it seems like, Bucket, you correct me, you know, if your experience is different to mine, but we're definitely going down a hero hammer route. I'm seeing more mm. and more lists putting in over a 1,000 points out of their 2K limit into heroes they're going into two or three really big monster hero threats they are putting a lot of stuff in their heroes and you're seeing archeon you're seeing uh marathi go trek you're seeing um yes. like there's so many you know techless and there's like so many different comp nagash and catacross and you know more more crushes like you're just mm. seeing these big combinations and if you're really scared of I don't know, a, a, a Nagash, for example, and you don't feel like you've got the tools or yes. you're, you've, got, you've got Lord Croak who's just absolutely denying your magic and, and you know, causing you havoc, on a three plus, you can stop him from casting spells. Like, that's it, massive. Yeah, and I mean, it's swingy, but it's pretty good. It's not a four plus. You know, it's a three plus, which is in our favor here. But the one thing that in 3.0 also is battle tactics have become if not more important than scoring the objectives themselves in 3.0. And the Dark Master ability can deny your opponents three points on a certain turn. And that's more than if they had held it for two possession, two, two turn possessions, possibly. So its ability now is much more valuable, I think, than it ever was before. And a three plus is, I'll take it. Sure, and and to what Tyson said, he's fine, but he's not Archeon, and that's true. But he's also not <laughs> no, the same not. point. He's also not the points value. Of, points. <laughs> he's also definitely not the points value, so it's not really a, a, a comparable. Um, but I think it's a great a great ability. But and, and by having a smaller amount of points, the Archeon's going on a second. Um, what you're what you're finding is that um, with with such a, a smaller points value. Um, you can bring in some other really good heroes into the list that um, allows you to really supercharge what you're doing. Yeah. And yes. Yes. He, he can shut him down. That which is which is awesome. Oh, okay. Yeah. I see. He is not Archeon now. Um, definitely, the ability to play multiple monsters in this army and then shut down your opponent's monsters for multiple turns. I find with Bellacore and others has been like when you mentioned Archaon, when Archaon can't score for two turns or attack for two turns, I know it's not going to stop him down, but you can just slow down that train, just slow him down. Yeah, no, that's awesome. And you've mentioned, you've already mentioned some of the things that um, I really want to get across is you're right. But scoring battle tactics is equally to, if not just as important or more important as the objectives at the moment, because deny, even denying your opponents, I've played games where games have been won and lost through a denial, a 
one shot redeploy that has stopped someone choosing like they choose the battle tactic to slay the warlord or to kill a monster and they go in for a monster on monster action to get that bonus victory point and i use a redeploy and i scoot out and they are they don't hit the charge or they don't have enough command points to to re-roll the charge or whatever happens right that can be the difference between win and loss right so and it might actually stop them from scoring a um their grand strategy so yes um i think that tactical mindset of not just killing your opponent but also scoring and denying those battle tactics are going to be critical and i think dust master really plays well because they choose that battle strategy right a battle tactic at the start they go right i want to kill x cool i'm going right. to dark master it and that is a huge thing with the how the turn priority happens on start of the hero phase stuff all of the actions of your opponent have to be done before your actions so if they say i want to conquer or ferocious advance okay i'll activate dark master on the unit that you selected a ferocious advance with okay i didn't see that and then you roll your three up that unit can't make its run move and they're down uh two extra points that turn if they completed it with two monsters so yeah yeah, and to, and to what Tyson said as well around, you know, um, you, you can't just put Bellacore in a list and he's a wrecking face. You're right. You don't just plonk Bellacore on the table and it acts exactly the same as Marathi or, or Archaon. Um, it's not, not remotely close. It is more of a support utility piece than it is a wrecking ball. Um, Another change is, is he got more wounds and his weapon profile's better. But he's not... He's not your super combat hero for sure, but he is quite tanky on a four-up ethereal save. So, especially yeah, when you're when you're within nine inches of a, one of those demon units, the from the battle line of the oh yeah, he he's tanky everything in the game except uh, a few things. From a from like a, a Legion of the First Prince perspective, have you found there's particular grand strategies, um, battle tactics, scenarios, mm -hmm. or battle plans that have worked really well in your favor? Things that are working for you. Uh, definitely. Um, a battle plan that you can score one, two, and more on the first turn. My army will look at it, or the army that I play that I like using has a corn demon prince in it. So taking the first turn, I'm always looking to go first and try to get doubled. It might sound strange, but that's the way the army's built. And battle plans that you can score three points from scoring and then complete a ferocious advance with three monsters where you can score six points. So you're looking at multiple objectives, battle plans, apex predators, of course, is great in terms of grand strategy. Dominating presence is pretty good. That's all your units in your starting army finish. You finish with more units of your starting army than your opponent starts with. You can, do that one but hold the line with pink horrors it's pretty it's pretty good <laughs> do, do i need to say more it's like having three units of phoenix guard in there you're like cool take yeah, them I, down i like the old version i played like prize sorcery actually where because bellicor is hard to kill kairos they have to choose which massive wizard they want to kill and prize sorcery is tough they, they have to dictate where they want to put all their damage and if one of them survives well, when we played, I, I was playing Sons versus your Legion of the First Prince. Um, and this was just before there was some clarity around some FAQs. But um, it was really, really, really tough. It took a lot of effort from my Sons 
to take down Bellacor just because of the shrugging and the healing abilities. You know, then you add in any additional endless spells that can heal. And, you know, that while Bellacor might only have 14 wounds as a base profile, and some people were a bit upset because it used to be eight and I think he had a better shrug. But then when you look at the 14 and then you add the shrugging with the demons and the healing mechanics with um, heroic action, you then add Emerald Life Swarm, you add any other healing mechanics that might be available to you. And that's a super tanky hero that you've gotten for under 500 points. Yes. And he cannot be affected by plus one to saves, which is, but he's ethereal right now. So that he's always been ethereal, but he, the shrugging at night, you're on a four up. So you can get him on a four up ethereal save, four up shrug, five up after save. And then you can heal him potentially 3d3 a turn. So every wound counts with him, which we saw in that match. You know, even if you bring back one or two wounds or, and then now with the Gur command ability, you can fight at the top bracket. So if he survives on three wounds, you can still fight at the top bracket with him. Then he heals up to six, survives another turn. He is very difficult to bring down. Yeah, and then, you know, I'm seeing a lot of people talking about, you know, Prize Sorcery, uh, Beastmaster. When I was looking at some of the tournament lists, you know, mm. um, you know, recently, you know, Emma Mengels went 27th at a 100-player event. Uh, Carl Rowe went um, 12th at, a, at, at the Warhammer Open, which was 70. Um, Sean, Sean Sayer went third at Flying Monkey Con, which I think was about 50 players. And they're all, they all kind of in the similar bout. There's a lot of consistency between your lists, but I'm seeing a lot of differences as well. And I think I'm seeing Hold the Line, uh, Beastmaster, or Price Sorcery, depending yeah. on the type of build, being quite popular. Yeah, Beastmaster, if you have four big heroes and you're playing a great unclean one, I see it put up there. It Beastmaster is a very good one. It's similar to uh, if you do Hold the Line with Gargants, where they're all battle line, and then... Good luck killing yeah. them. Yeah, it, it's a it's a tough one. But well, from a from like a list perspective, like I know we're, I know we're we're going to go into your list pretty soon. But what are your top five units that you'd be putting into um into a Legion of the First Prince list? Any any particular units that are standing out for you? Maybe outside of maybe besides some of the things Bellacor, you've got on your list. Of course, Bellacor aside, you're you're not the, playing Legion of the First the Prince. The contorted epitome from Selenash, I think, is the all-star unit. If you want to play that unit with a fourfold blade, the artifact, you get nine attacks, fives and sixes, or D three mortal wounds automatically. It's a double caster, rerolls all casting rolls, ten inch base move. It's a very very good unit, and it also has a two up mortal wound shrug. So if you're scared, like Dorathy, uh, Marathi, Daughters of Cain's Snakes shooting, it has a two-up mortal wound save and it only has a five-up regular save. But you can give it potentially plus three to save right now, which I hope they fix. I really hope they fix the Mystic Shield plus the, because it's a bit much. But you can have that unit on a two-up, neg one to hit, two-up ignoring mortals. You could shoot twice with 15 bow snakes and you won't kill a contorted epitome. Yeah. Yeah. And... It's it's a great unit and it's gorgeous too. The model is incredible. Everything about that unit. That's what's great about demons is you can bring these gorgeous sculpts into your army and be like, yeah, it's part of my army. No, it's great, and it obviously, it obviously leads into a lot of conversion opportunities yeah. as well. So, and, so and that would be one. Uh, the changeling's great. It was mentioned before. It used to be better because it was way cheaper. By but, the way, Sean's in the chat. Hey, Sean. What's yeah, up? that is Sean. 
and then Sean said, screw you, Sentinels. And exactly right. You know, you're right. That's another shooting that, you know, double bow snakes, the bow snakes double shooting is definitely in the meta. Yeah. Snap, sniping out heroes or, you know, really reducing units down. Um, but yes, your Lumineth Realm Lords with their Sentinels as well uh, are going around popping around short heroes. Um, like minor, you know, minor heroes with, you know, not a lot of wounds, but boom, you can avoid that. Yeah, exactly. That's a great, the changeling, I used to really like it when it was a bit cheaper, just for the fact that you could activate the changeling on a unit to have move, have neg one to hit it, then summon from the changeling too. It was a very powerful unit that you could deploy in your opponent's territory um, with a smaller board size and the points change, but that's a great unit you could bring. Um, horrors of Zinch, of course, 10 pink horrors. In this army, you can really get them coming back. Another another little shout out that I might make and um, sure. something that I felt I fell in love with in Broken Realms. Maybe it was this book. Maybe it was this was Broken Realms, or at least Broken Realms Techless was the update to Sloppity Bar Piper and this the the Scrivener, the um the smallpox scrivener, whatever it is. Um because Plague bearers are pretty decent. They're, they're not too bad with their natural minuses to hit, and you know, they're just generally a good little unit. Uh, and then the Sloppity Bob Piper has just made them go Super Saiyan, and they're just a great battle line um, and quite a durable little hero that works well in Legion of the First Prince with all these good stuff we've just talked about. Yeah, the Sloppity Bob Piper with 20 Plague Bearers holding an objective is incredible, especially with the rate of return on the uh, Plague Bearers, with Bellacor being the general. You could potentially lose 10 to 12, have the chance to return D6 plus 3D3. And and that's only from casting one spell, the banner roll, and then also using Bellacor's Dark Master, or um, sorry, Bellacor's Command uh, Rolling Ability, which has to happen at the end of the Battleshock phase. So that's a key wording for that too. It's at the, so you do all your other pre-Battleshock things first, which is possibly your units leaving stuff like that then you'll roll for that ability then paired with the demon prince of corn so you have charge and preventing pile-ins you could control such a large area of the board um so that combination is quite powerful yeah great units yeah and the bloodthirsters as well you know if you're looking yes. for an absolute combat monster as tyson's mentioned the, the bloodthirster with the blade um doing serious damage and i think you know i've looked at a couple of the different lists and you know incessant rage is definitely a really strong build but the is it the wrath the wraith axe the other there's a couple of the couple all of the they they all fit in quite well if you're looking for a bit of a combat monster but i'm really I really like Dexessa and Senessa, the two new Slanesh like minor demons, and they're not they're not as expensive as the Keeper, but they give you some really good utility value too. The one thing I'm looking at is the ability to cast Slothful Stupor. I think Slothful Stupor is an incredible spell, and that's in the Slanesh lore. So if you can do one major hero, if we move into this multiple large hero meta which I, I think the game is moving to you're going to see the big baddies all over the place and you can slothful stupor one kairos another bellacor another they're three monsters do nothing that turn basically they they don't well i shouldn't say do nothing they don't get to do what your opponent wants them to do and, and that's what legion of the first prince does well is it prevents your opponent from doing their game plan and, and um, that's where a unit like that comes really into hand. Yeah. 
Um, maybe just before we move on, Jeff has made a really good question. I, I, we kind of like skipped over like why it was good. You know, is there anything in particular that you really like about the contorted epitome? So that's from Slanesh, by the way. Yeah, Jeff, uh, for sure. The main thing is um, if you go to the artifacts of the le uh, of this legion, Legion of the First Prince in the Bo Broken Realms Bellacore book, there's the fourfold blade. This artifact selects one of the model's melee weapons and you get fives and sixes or D3 mortal wounds automatically. And the contorted epitome has nine base attacks. It can also make itself rerolling ones to hit. So that's quite strong. It also has a two up ignoring mortal wound save and mortal wounds at long range right now are everywhere. It's a double caster that rerolls casting. So you're guaranteed to cast your portal or life swarm without a and doubt. You can avoid, and you can avoid miscasting if you roll those double ones. But the most important thing about that unit is for pace of play. And, and what I mean by that is the contorted has a very bad save and your opponents maybe misunderstand what, your ability, what you can do with it. And if you charge it into combat alongside another something, you can activate the ability at the start of the combat phase. You roll one dice. And if you roll a four up, the unit cannot attack until the contorted attacks, which will allow you the then to attack with, say, Bellacore and the contorted into the same unit. And this can give you the potential, you know, of the D3 mortal wounds plus combat damage at negative two rend, which both units have. So that's what we're looking for with that model. Yes, yeah, so you could really reduce the amount of attacks going into yep. the contorted epitome by choosing another unit, going into that unit, and then hopefully you've done enough damage that... The, the threat is significantly reduced compared to some... I mean, if someone's going into control of Epitome, um, <laughs> they need to choose different models. I think there's some other bigger threats, but yes, you. there's some very interesting play well, with that. It's um, an attractive uh, model. It, it, it the is. Slash is attractive. It's uh, it, People want to go near it. <laughs> it's the, 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 the casting ability is quite good too, and it's not yes, too expensive. But I think the I point... Think it went up... It, it went up over, I think it went up 45 points with the points changes in 3.0. With all of Slanesh, it was one of the ones that went up quite high. I think the beautiful thing is that is you, just, you, can you can tap into all of the demon stuff in Nurgle, Slanesh, Corn, and Zench. Um, Definitely. So you get the best of both worlds. And then as the, the meta adapts, and let's say, I don't know, pink horrors get changed and, you know, they're, they're changed for the yep. worse, you can move on and, you know, maybe bloodletters become really good in the meta for some reason. Hopefully, I'm sure a lot of corn players are hoping and finger crossing. Um, you know, you can switch out and you can kind of, you know, if you're a competitive person, go down that route. Or if you're a hobby enthusiast, just build the army that kind of most appeases to you. Exactly. That's, well, it, it's what I'm doing. It, the army is so amazing to look at on the table. And when an army plays the way it feels and looks to me is the most important thing. And the army plays like a mixed demons faction. And right. uh, yeah, yeah, no, cool. All right, I'm going to bring up the list, I think, and we'll actually show it off. And maybe you can talk a bit about some of your decisioning and where you know, let's put this all into theory, into practice, right? You know, we've talked the theory, talked the good stuff, but how does this look in a list? And if you're new to the channel, you would know that um, this is not the one golden list that rules them all. Don't just copy this and run this over to your next grand tournament. Um, this is just one way that Buckets has brought this into play. Season and taste to your liking. Don't want corn in it? Cool, throw out the corn. You want to add yep. more, I don't know, Nurgle? Cool, bring in a great unclean one. Do what you want to do. But, um, yeah, take me through your list. Talk to me a little bit about what you've done, but more importantly, why you've done it. 
Okay, well, this list uh, has been designed partially for some events that are coming up too, but also it's my, for me, it's it fits the aesthetic and the play style and the theme of my army that uh, has been created. The army also has a theme about it. So I have three large heroes in Kairos, Fate Weaver, Bellicor, and the Bloodthirster of Insensate Rage. Um, the Bloodthirster for Corn players, it's on a four-up re-rolling save, five-up after save here. And that is a tanky Bloodthirster. It's my general, which gives me the five-up aura, which is the ruinous aura. Now, that's only wholly within eight inches, but still quite good. The Incensive Rage is there to combo with Fate Weaver. You can use Fate Weaver's once per game change a dice to alter his wound roll. Just in a game last night, Eggs might be in here, but the Bloodthirster did uh, 68 damage by himself in one combat swing. What? Yeah. Blood... Talk, to, talk, to, talk to me through. How, how did you get that? that? That's some solid damage. Yep. He only has five attacks. Each are D6 damage and negative two rend. But if any wound roll of those five is a six, it does four mortal wounds to every unit of your enemies within eight inches. So if your enemy has five units, that's 20 mortal wounds automatically. So if they have, you have two sixes, that's 40 mortal wounds automatically. And then if you have three sixes, 60 mortal wounds. Yeah. It uh, it can work pretty good if you get the charge off. Um, so that's the three heroes. So. The role it's, of great these for pulling, it's, it's great for pulling out support heroes too, because often that's a challenge, yes. right? You know, you 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 hide your little support hero behind the line and you just can't reach it, especially if you don't have those range three or they're smart and they keep it like four inches out of combat. That by doing those aura of damage, you really can chip in those 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 units that are either preparing for combat or in there supporting uh the units that are in combat. Correct. And the and the key here is three big heroes because Combined with Metamorphosis, which is the Gur Realm spell, if you cast that on the Slaves to Darkness Demon Prince, which turns it into a monster, you're guaranteed at com completing Ferocious Advance, which I usually do every turn one, which will score me additional battle tactics by completing it with three monsters. So having three large monsters in 3.0, for me personally, I think it's, it's so important just in terms of... Uh, keeping up with the scoring of the battle tactics. So that's why I have three. Um, each are very, very powerful in their own way. Kairos, for you, that he doesn't really need an introduction, I don't think he's... Before before we move powerful. on to Kairos, can I just ask you... Yeah, I want to talk about Kairos for a second, but before yeah. I do that, um, one of the other rules that I, I think most people have forgotten about, I haven't really seen it very often, is uh, the Feral Roar. So that's a command ability while we play in Gur. That is um, that allows you to fight at your monster's top bracket. So you are fighting essentially as you've been undamaged. Mm -hmm. I imagine that works really well with the Bloodthirster. Definitely. He has a damage reduction. Those mortal wounds go down. He doesn't lose many attacks because he only has five, but you can get down to only one mortal wound on a six to wound. So then he's not as scary because he's only fours to hit and he's... So he's, he hits quite poorly, but he does get re-rolling ones to hit on the charge. Um, but he doesn't hit very well. So the gentleman in the chat here, Sean, which we talked about his list performing well, he has two Bloodthirsters to re-roll those hits. Those are options you can do, but you're correct. The Gur command ability, which is easy to forget because it's very easy for, <laughs> for me anyway. 
I'm a, I'm a monster guy, so the, 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 I'm used to I'm used to things like my loon boss on Mangler Squeak being damaged yeah. enough that it's fighting at its lowest profile. But anyway, especially if someone targets your monster and you, you know your real combat monster, and you need it to fight at the top of the top of the bracket, the only problem with that ability is it's at the start of the combat phase. So you'd have to choose either to fight at the top of the bracket or use all out attack or all out defense. You couldn't use them both. So uh, it might work well with your finest hour, but you, if you if you need the plus one to hit, you're going to need to make a trade somewhere or find a plus one from some other source. Where it really works well is uh, something where you cast the uh, Legion of the First Prince spell, which is uh, fight when you die. So you can fight at your top bracket with your Thurster first, and then if he gets killed, he gets to fight again when he dies at his top bracket. <laughs> For, for what 300 points 280 yeah it's good value yeah it's, it's very good value yeah another theme of this army is value for sure but um so that's the bloodthirster uh, sorry kairos is where you want to go next with us yeah well, you, you you started talking kairos and and before and then when we get to that i can't wait for you to talk about the, the demon prince because oh, okay, yeah. i play i played i played it in second edition and it was solid like second edition corn demon prince was good Third edition Corn Demon Prince is off the charts. Um, so, and yes, we can't, we're not forgetting about the summoning. We're definitely talking about summoning. Um, but just like from these models alone, like that Corn Demon Prince and that aura is just chef kiss. Oh, yeah. It's, uh, and with redeploy, we'll talk about that, but it gets spicy for sure. Uh, with Kairos, um, his ability that, you bring him for basically is his unbinding and casting. This army has very poor casting. Legion of the First Prince only gets one lore spell, and we have no bonuses to any casting. And there's a lot of good wizards around right now. Yeah. And then his once per game dice ability, like you said, uh, paired with the Demon Prince or paired with the Bloodthirster of Incensus Rage Wound Roll, it allows me to change one dice roll of my opponents once per game. So I can change a charge roll, I can change a run roll, I can change a hit roll, save roll. And Buckers did that to me, the jerk. We, we played Garkins. I was going for this long bomb charge, uh, and we'll explain the long bomb charge. It wasn't that big of a charge, but because of the Corn Demon Prince, it became a long bomb charge. I think it was 3.1 inches or something. Yeah, and you went, no. Nah. You went, no, nah. no, nah, it's not happening. <sighs> yeah. It's, um. Oh uh, yeah, we'll, we'll touch on that, Jeff. But, uh, the uh the kairos dice paired with the demon so the demon prince how he works is for one cp everything is yeah correct this uh your opponents have run and have charged which is extremely powerful against combat armies shooting armies not so much but it is what it is yeah with kairos so every even if they have a three inch charge they need a six but you can change that one. So if Archaon's about to charge you with a six-inch charge, he rolls one, one, and one six. You change one to a one. It's a two-inch charge. Now Archaon's not fighting you that turn. And he didn't fight you the turn before because he was Bellacord potentially. And he didn't fight you the turn before that because he was Bellacord for their double turn. And that's where it really starts to pile up the control of this army is utilizing those tools. 
in addition to when you start doing things like redeploy, so you start going in for the charge, you've got the Corn Demon Prince aura, uh, an opponent goes for that three-inch charge, they do the best they can to get into the charge, which still is a hard when you're in that aura, and then you redeploy, and if you can get especially a, a generous redeploy of like a four, five, or six, yes, it becomes near impossible, and if that was their uh, battle tactic to kill this battle line or this particular monster you have just straight up denied them those points and that can be the difference between a win and a loss correct it's huge redeploying with the demon prince that aura in this new board space 18 inches wholly within if you redeploy three inches it could potentially change a unit's charge that's on the other side of the board from a four to an eight yeah where and they can only use one reroll now in uh oh paul yeah <laughs> And a really good point from Ozzy. So um, th this happened in our game, right? So I had a Mega Gargant going yeah. into charge. I think it was your Bloodthirster. I couldn't remember what I was trying to charge with you. Mm. And um, I was under the aura of the Demon Prince. So um, and you use Kairos's ability to um, to reroll my dice. I think it was, and or you uh, you manipulated my dice. And because you had done that sequence it meant I couldn't use a command point to reroll a charge Correct. because you can't reroll a reroll, whether it's myself or my opponent making me reroll. I can't reroll a reroll. So you stopped me from getting in. And I, I think I actually had a battle tactic to kill whatever I was trying to get into. I think it was yep. like a, a unit that I'd mostly killed, but um, I couldn't quite kill it with the shooting. So um, it was a really good denial with that little combination. Yeah, correct. It's been, and where it, it's it's quite taxing um, with going first, which this army really wants to do. You only start with two command points. So if you're spending one all the time on the Slaves to Darkness Demon Prince of Court, that means you only have one command point left. And now with the run roll, you can only, that one command point is so precious because, so using that heroic action on the Slaves to Darkness Demon Prince is usually my go-to on Legion of the First Prince's turn is that four up. Yeah. Just yeah, so I can start that if I can't. And then, yeah. And I think because as well, like your, correct me if I'm wrong, but your your type of list isn't, from a heroic action point of view, you're probably using more of the healing than you are trying to generate the extra command point. Is that I, kind of the way you use your list? I always want to try to g generate the command point on the first turn, of course. And then and then after that, yeah, <laughs> I love healing Bellacore. When you can heal them and then hit them with Life Swarm and your opponent put a thousand points into them, and then you reheal them back up. That feeling is a, a good feeling, especially if um, your opponent unbinds or dispels the life swarm in your turn. It'll then mean that you can't summon it that turn. So you need another source of healing, which is where the heroic action can really come into play. So while Correct. the life swarm is really good, a smart opponent will not unbind it in their turn. They'll unbind it in your turn, stopping you from the resummon. Yes, for sure. And which is huge because that's where you get a heal potentially two times D three, which is, yeah, yeah. That's it's, it's so so yeah. Just keep that in mind when you're choosing the the actions. Yeah, and the spell there that is the spell we have, which will be a unit wholly within twelve inches for both of those wizards, and that's fight when the unit is slain. So, yeah, and there's some you know really good options if you want to go into the magic casting side, right? You know, you bring in more more spell casting. You know, Tyson's mentioned the blue scribes. You know, we've talked about the spell portal, which might allow you to get a bit more threat ranges. Well, probably not the style that you're building around, but you can go down that route. 
Yeah, the spell portal can launch Life Swarm too. You got to look into that because Life Swarm moves at the end of the hero phase, so I don't think it can travel through the portal. But um, anything else you'd mention with your um, your hero choices? So you've got Kairos, you've got the Dark Master Bellacore, you've got the Bloodthirster, and you've also got the Demon. With the Bloodthirster, would you swap that out to be another Bloodthirster, and would that change anything that you've got here, or you think this is like if we, for what you're trying to do, the Incessant Rage is the the, the choice for you? The, the, yeah, it's the only choice because of the mortal wounds with Kairos for me personally. I, I I want that spike damage. The one problem, if this army has one, it's definitely damage. This army does not do very much actual damage. Yeah. It it, it, it needs to get burst styles of damage. That's my personal. But if that unit's not there, the unit that takes his place is the contorted epitome. Yeah. So you got yourself there a unit of 10 pink horrors, um, which obviously so you split out to blues, the brims. Um, you got two yep. units of 10 plague bearers, you've got a unit of flesh hounds. We might start at the flesh hounds because I know the chat is very curious for you on how you're using flesh hounds. So they're coming in from corn. I played against a few of these. I love them. I've seen how they use really well, but I want to hear from you. How are you using the flesh hounds? There are pistoliers, if you know what I'm saying. Right now, five cav bases, if you stretch it out um, in coherency against 10 32-millimeter bases, you get more coverage out of uh, five flesh hounds. So their basic role is space denial, which they're amazing at with that cav base to stretch them out. Uh, having a unit that doesn't have to worry about coherency in 3.0 is just a great tool to have against. You know, you got, you're playing against Auric War Clans and they want to send the Ard Boys behind you or something and, and you have your dogs back there. Being able to have that unit is quite good. And, and they're just great models. I mean, I just love the look of the Flesh Hounds. They can unbind a spell. They're just, and they have a six up after save in this army. They're just annoying, and uh, they're, they're quite a great unit. And they can re-roll the charge as well, right? They've got a natural re-rolling of the charge. So, and um, they that have keeps a lot it, of attacks. <laughs> I was just going to say, even just from like a re-roll -re point of view, that's yeah. one less CP that you potentially have to spend. Um, if you want to go up to unit of 10, you can get plus one to that unbind. But with the unit coherency and just you know how it manipulates from going from five and uh, more than five, probably a bit hard. Yeah. Oh, and Jack from yeah, I saw that. <laughs> Jack from rerolling ones. We were talking about this before the stream started, and that was kind of where I was trying to go to Kairos, but he didn't mention it. So thank you, Jack, for mention for bringing us back to uh, one really critical ability that Kairos brings to the table that we completely almost missed, and that is Kairos's ability. The the spell unleash hell. Denial. Oh, you mean, oh, you want to go? Yeah, of course. We can talk about the gift to change ability. Yes. Yeah, yes. of course. Yeah, it's it's such a, yeah, we, we just talked about it. Okay. We can jump back to Kairos' ability. So if people aren't familiar, so when Lee Shell, Jack just said Unleash Hell, it sparked our brains there. If you haven't played against Unleash Hell in 3.0 yet, it is a devastating ability that your opponent can do. And this army can shut it down every turn, uh, if it's if you can do what uh, you got to do here, so Kairos, the the this army starts with a very specific spell package, and the first spell will be Umbral Spell Portal from Kairos, and then you're casting the Gift of Change, which now has got to a 36 inch range. So it casts on an eight, but he can cast it a lot better, of course. And then 
you send that through the portal and it's an automatic six mortal wounds to an enemy unit. If one of those models dies, you set up a spawn within three inches of that unit, which will then turn off Unleash Hell in the following charge phase. Cool. So for Unleash, for anyone who doesn't know what Unleash Hell is just yet, Unleash Hell, basically your opponent can shoot you when you're making a charge. So they can, if they've got a, a really good unit of shooting, that does cause minus one to hit from that, um, but they can shoot you. So it can really degrade what gets into combat. But what Buckets is saying here, and assuming that Kairos hasn't taken any damage, that 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 six does degrade depending on the profile. Mm -hmm. it um, so just, it's, not, it's not always a six until the end. It will degrade. But if you are able to pull out at least one model, you replace that with a um, a chaos spawn, a Zench marked chaos spawn, and because it's now engaged into combat, you can't use Unleash Hell. So you're free to charge other units into that unit and it can't use Unleash Hell. So it's a great denier for Arcanaut Company, uh, Luminous Sentinels, um, Free Guild Handgunners, like anything yep. that's got a, a, a lot of damage output in the shooting phase. The, an interesting thing too about the spawn underneath the new, it, it counts as two wounds on a objective, which is, which is interesting because if you have 10 battle line against their 10 battle line and you were somehow able to get a spawn and then retreat it onto that objective, you'll be able to score. Maybe they had more than 10. Maybe they're playing something else, but you can do a lot with that spawn. You can block with it, but it has 2d6 movements. So don't, uh, don't count on it moving too far. And it's, it's a great, it's a great way to deny some of the current meta builds, which is Lumineth building around lots of shooting or um, snakes. Yeah, so especially like the double shooting in um, daughters of Cain, bow snakes, you can lock them into combat and, um, they can still fight, but you know it, it, it's it's really good. It, I, I can't stress enough. If you haven't tried the combination, it's a great combination. It's very strong. Yeah. So you got okay. your flesh hounds. They're yep. five. They're five. Uh, five models. You can avoid some of the coherency stuff. Um, good unbind. Good speed. They can re-roll the charge, which makes them just really more consistent. Your plague bearers come at minus one to hit. Um, they're mm -hmm. all demons, so you're getting bravery ten. What else are plague bearers bring into the party? Uh, I used to run, I was always running two times 10 pinks and five dogs, but I found that my pinks sometimes would just hold an objective for the whole game and it was a waste of the points. So I just wanted some more good bodies and at 10 for 110 plague bearers are pretty much the value you want. Neg one to hit, five up after save. You can bring them back at a crazy rate. You know, your opponent removes six, you bring six back. They're just very good at holding an objective. So they're there to just screen. You can also shrug wounds to Bellacor with them. So they have multiple purposes here. But four-inch movement hurts. One thing I really like about the uh, the Pipers as well, one of the models, the musician in there, is that um, it allows you, if an opponent rolls a one to for its battle shock, um, you, can, you can make them re-roll it. I think it's within six. Um, and where that's really powerful is um, one of the other big changes that happened in third edition is you can only use Inspiring Presence once. So Correct. if you get multiple combat threats, whether it's, you know, or it's a unit has to take multiple or different units have to take a battle shock test, only one of them can be inspiring presence. So they have to roll the dice somewhere else. And if they're in, in with plague bearers, then guess what? There's a chance you might re-roll and they might lose a whole bunch of bodies. On the flip side, it might force them to use inspiring presence. So somewhere that they wanted to use it, but they just don't want to risk that rolling of the dice and 
losing a bunch of multi-wound models. I've I've once lost a Mega Gargant, which has 12 wounds. So it's not Mega Gargant, a, a Baby Gargant. I've lost a Baby Gargant to Battleshock, and it hurts. Yeah, and with the new Horrors of Zinch split and split again, FAQ, the Games Workshop published, Battleshock is devastating. If you lose, like, eight blues, that's 16 wounds. Yeah. Yeah, and you know what? If you if you want to be that kind of person and run lots of units of pink horrors, you do you, and that's probably another option. Is you could run multiple units of pink or hey, options. What are you would... saying? I'm not I'm not judging people. I'm just encouraging them to diversify their armies as opposed to go all in on pinks. And mm -hmm. um, but you can like again, you can go you can go with the the the, the flow. I'm not judging you. I'm not judging you. If you want to run four foxes, you run four foxes. If you want to run a whole army of pink horrors. It's your hobby. Yeah, I think for me, for my play style, I've always liked the utility style army and just the two units of 10 Plague Bearers is just, it does a lot for you. You can move one, leave one, and I like those. And and then the 10 Pink Horrors, of course, they're uh, there to just run beside Bellacor. And with, um, with both the Plague Bearer and the Pink Horrors, with their Banner Bearer, um, if you roll a one for battle shock, you're going to bring back models as well. So, um, one of the key things about that is I've selected the triumph indomitable that will give you the free battle shock. You can actually roll for the banner before you use your indomitable ability. So, <coughs> excuse me. Yep. Um, yeah, no, I, I really like this That's combination. Please. I, I'm just, I just keep thinking of sloppy bar piper bringing in the, the fart meta. So, um, I'm, I'm slightly disappointed there is no sloppy bar piper to do um, the fart. If I was playing 20 plague bearers, there'd probably be one. But he, he's a great unit. I just I just don't have a spot for the little guy. But you were saying about the uh, the indomitable um, triumph in, in in parallel with the um, the the banner bearer. Yeah, correct. So say if you've lost. Um, You've brought a few pinks back. You've lost a few pinks. We're getting later on in the turn, say turn two, turn three. You take a massive amount of damage. You save some. You have one horror left, and it just seems to be your banner or something like that. You can roll first to see, and then you can use your Indomitable after, which will then prevent you from failing Battleshock. It could happen if you just don't want to lose. So... Say if you take if 10 bravery, you take 14 damage or 15 damage. If you lose D6 plus 5, you lose 10. That's 20 wounds you could potentially lose. So you can roll that dice first. If you don't like the roll, then you can use your triumph after that and save yourself from losing all those models. Plus, don't forget you've also got the ability to bring back with the unyielding legion, the other, you know, the other abilities to keep bringing them back. So I think you mentioned a little bit earlier this type of list is a very control list, and while yeah. it's not doing a sheer amount of damage, you are clogging up the board with super durable units. You've got some great ward saves. You've got some heroes that are very hard to pull down. Um, no amulet of destiny, which um, which is which is fascinating. It seems like it's an automatic. Don't leave home without it um type the artifacts are great in legion of the first prince and i just love the re-rolling saves in combat when you use if you use say mystic shield plus all of defense you got them they're neg one rend you're still on a three up re-rolling save five up after save on your bloodthirster it makes corn players salivate they've never had that before 
Yeah. It's very, very good. The armor of the pact, but they're already on a five up after save. So the amulet master of magic I've seen, uh, sorry. Um, the arcane tomb I have seen taken in Legion of the first prince quite a bit. That's an extremely powerful artifact because then you can give your unit flaming weapon as a spell and your bloodthirster. Then if you're using wrath of corn, you know, you're D three plus one damage. You have, there's a lot, even a great unclean one can do some damage with a flaming weapon. And then all the mortal wounds from arcane bolts stomp the flesh. One thing I'm noticing that you you've got low drops. So your list is a three drop and you've put it under a battle regiment. So you've sacrificed the ability to go, let's say warlord to get yourself the extra command point And you know, you've sacrificed the extra artifact yes. for low drops. How, how important is low drops to you, or at least deciding who goes first or second, obviously you've built it in, but why, why would it be, I guess? I pretty much in every single game I want to go first. I, uh, I just like using the Demon of Prince of Corn and then making your opponent react to the ability to Bellacora unit, Demon Prince of Corn, And then the army tries to double your opponent from two to three. So the army's plan, or the army that I like playing's plan is to always take the first turn and then deploy to score Ferocious Advance with three monsters plus the one two and more this could potentially put you in the second turn up six to one six to zero and then if you double turn the points could go up to 12 to one 12 to zero and then yeah you know they maybe it's 12 to three or something like that and that's how i like playing that army three drops though from what i've seen is not going to get the first turn a lot there is a lot of battle regiment one drop armies going around yeah, I, I've got to call out a question for Jack. Jack Jack wants to suppress rewind and go, how does he get his um, BT on a 3-plus with a 5-up re-roll? Like, what's that? No, 3-plus three, three regular save, 5-up after save, but he gets to re-roll all saves in combat with the artifact. He's on a 4-up save to begin with. If you give him plus 1 save via Mystic Shield or all-out defense, he becomes a 3-up re-rolling save in combat only. And then he becomes a, he has a five up aura after save for everything holy within eight inches of him. Maybe two questions. You know, Jonathan's led us into question one, which is how have you handled or how are you handling um, heavy shooting armies? Because what one of the builds that he's seeing right now at the moment with Lumineth is multiple foxes zipping around the table shooting you off with sentinels, yeah. or you've yeah. got you know obviously carriage and overlords. Like, how are you finding shooting armies right now? That army doesn't score very many points, the Fox army. And uh, you can have zero models at the end of the table and still win in this game. It's not... Um, the shooting armies are much more difficult, of course, because this army is a base... It's a combat army. It's, it's based on that, but... A five-up after save. Demon... You've neg one to hits going around... The only thing to kill Bellacor, one of the only things was a Tempest Eye army with, he had to put an Ironclad, 20 Iron Drakes, and Strike of Eagle's spell, plus the Hurricaneum, plus something else into him to kill Bellacor. And he died by like two or three wounds overkill, and he put all that in. I mean, it can get shot, but this army is looking to score points. It's not really worried about how much damage your opponent does to you or how much damage you do to your opponent. It's more focusing on stopping your opponent from doing what they like to do and scoring points. 
And I guess you got the durability as well and the healing potential and just your, your army is a lot more durable that it can't be picked off by things. I mean, it's harder to pick off your key characters and support troops um, yeah. that some of these builds really like. But and you, to Doug's point, three drops is definitely swingy when you look at what you're trying to do. But unfortunately, there is no way to bring in something like Kairos, Bellacore and a Bloodthirster into a battalion like it's just unfortunately the trade-off and i think the list is better off having them than dropping them off going into minor characters that are under 10 wounds just to fit in in a one drop because i think you just lose so much more yeah and your opponent doesn't want to get doubled by this army if they go first and then you summon 50 wounds of pink horrors in your double turn plus you control the board i mean then you have your bellicor for their potential double turn coming up plus kairos's dice and your opponent doesn't get to do what they want to do on turn two and three. And, and, and that's another good, tough, though. And that's another good point. Your, your, your flesh hounds could go in and do um, to work with unleash hell as well. So if you want to, that's wanna, a very you know, good point. So if you if you didn't get off the um, the the Kairos spell, or uh, unfortunately, one of the things with Kairos' spell that I don't like, well, I like as an opponent, but for you as a, as a, a player, is once he degrades for the first time, he goes from a flat six damage to a d6 yes. then to a flat three to a d3 so unfortunately between the flat six to flat three when you roll that d6 it could be a one yeah. and with a, and so so unfortunately for you if you go for and i guess depends on like if your opponent has multi-wound heroes or units let's say it's a stormcast mm. model that one's just not going to cut it so uh, i guess we were talking earlier off offline that one of the things you want to do is keep healing up Kairos to make sure that it's at that six or at least at that three for consistency because otherwise um, that particular strategy gets thrown out the park. One of the key things where it was mentioned about how does that army deal with shooting armies. So say you take 30 Sentinels. Well, they have to choose their target. So do they want to kill Kairos? Okay, he can be on a three up with a five up after, say, 14 wounds. He might go down. But then... You're, they're not scoring or killing your scoring unit. So then your plague bearers are scoring or something scoring and you lose, sure, you lose your one hero. You know, if they, if they take some two turns to kill him, Kairos is 400 points and they spend a thousand points of shooting over two turns. I really like that trade. This army works really well with points exchange where your army prevents points of their army doing things while in turn it absorbs a lot of their opponent's points actions and that's how i kind of look at this army is is where is my opponent's major points gonna go into my army with are they gonna spend 1500 points trying to kill bellicor for two turns if they're gonna do that then they have 500 points of their army uh not doing very much and 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 just as important the battle tactics so if people are trying to slay the warlord uh, you know destroy your battle line broken ranks and things like that um I think one of the things that maybe I underestimated you when I went in with my Gargans was just the amount of damage you could take. So if I look at your your units and go, right, I think I could kill this hero, this monster. It's, it's X amount of wounds taken. I, I feel like this turn I can do it. Because of the durability, because of the shrugs, because of certain things, um, it's not as easy as some people might think. And you've then not only denied them that battle tactic that they can't then go and score again, Um you've still got that unit on the table. So um, just a couple of things to consider. Your tactic. 
Uh, and yes, you know, and, and we talked we talked earlier in the show that you know yeah. Dark Master is a great way to deny your opponent in that clutch moment. Let alone things like redeploy. Um, rally's another really good one as well. Um, if you want to, if you got broken ranks, you want to rally and try to bring back, and that might reward you going into a unit of having twenty plague bearers, for example. It might and reward you to go that route. 30 Plague Bearers in Legion of the First Prince with the Sloppity Ball Piper is probably the best anvil in the game. If Bellacor is your general, you're, you're that thing's you can give the uh Sloppity Ball Piper the Arcane Tomb and Master Arcane Tomb, not sorry, Arcane Tomb, Master Magic's the command one, Arcane yes. Tomb, so he can even cast your life swarm for you, where then you're bringing back. D6 plus 3D3 Plague Bearers a turn, potentially, if you have a block of 30. And they cannot be piled into 5-up after save, negative 1 to hit. And then they're just two, at, th at 30, aren't they negative 2 to hit? Yeah, but you can't get negative 2 to hit anymore. No, oh, but you mean But if your yes. opponent, yeah. So, yes. so if, if, if your opponent has right, like all yeah. that attack or some other type of benefit, you know, you're still keeping them at that neg 1 as opposed to countering it at 0. Oh yeah, they're tough to move. Oh, really and you can tough. bring a great unclean one and then you can make them have three inch plus movement. You can do all kinds of cheeky things with them in in Legion of the First Prince if you bring other Nurgle units for sure. And uh, I, I was I was talking Nurgle with um, with Zach um, recently and I know in the mm. Nurgle community they've been talking a lot about, uh, is it Rodicus? Um, or, is it, or am I thinking of another great... Yeah, great that's team? the name one. Yeah, yeah, there's some really good stuff um, coming out of that book as well. So they're really pumped about that. So again, you can take the, you can kind of cherry pick, and the Great Unclean one is just an absolute tank of a model. So oh, if you want to go and in 3.0, you can switch out the Bloodthirster to a Great Unclean one and have another yes. durable uh, caster. You know, cuts himself and gets a, a plus to cast. Is some good spells. Just a real tough model to pull down. Very tough. It's a great unit in 3.0. Yeah, that spot is a great Blood Knights hate piper. Yeah. That's true. Um, what have you learned kind of like maybe to bring this home? Because I think I think with this type of book book and the fact that Buckets, you're just an awesome person, we could talk for hours, and I'm sure the chat would yeah. love talking hours. This book is so robust with the combinations. Like, like really, like you're doing list tech for for corn, zinch, slanesh, nurgle. Legion of the First Prince, and then the combinations within the book. And, like, there's so many things you can do, which I love. Um, and we could talk for hours of just different combinations and synergies and going down a more combat route. We can go down a more magic route, mm -hmm. a speed route. Like, there's just so many ways you can build around it. But bringing us home from your experience and just playing with it, you know, and you're doing your reps, you've got you, – you put in so many reps into this game. What have you picked up that you've learned from your experience, from your games, from the things that you've messed up for the first time that you've said, I'm not going to do that again? Any thoughts or advice you'd give to people? In first, Legion of the First Prince specifically or just playing, just with the, the army itself? Both. Let, I'm not going to restrict you. You tell us what you, what you want to tell us. Well, I've said it. I always say it. I said it's all about learning. It's what we talk about in the AOS Coach Discord. If you're a member of the AOS Coach Discord and you spend some time in the Legion of the First Prince chat, it's been about learning, and that's how we progress. Um, I've lost games. I've won a lot of games. I've kept learning about the army, and and that's you're gonna. It's this army is gonna 
happier road bumps. It's going to give you mixed emotions. It's It's got a lot going on with it. There's so many units. It's almost overwhelming at times. It's an army like this, which is a mixed arms army, similar to the cities of Sigmar and these other armies where there's so many available units. But the first thing I'd say is just take it as a learning experience when you're playing this army. Another thing I'd say is don't be afraid to play this army or any army in general against any of the armies that your opponent are playing. The best thing about this army is every game's a toss up with this army. It don't matter if you're playing against Seraphon in terms of a competitive aspect. This army can hang with all those armies. So don't be discouraged by maybe your meta or your opponents if you want to pick up this army. Just play the army because the models are great and you have a ton of demons and you're enjoying the army. Play it. You, you won't have an issue. And you won't have an issue also playing this army for fun in more of maybe a narrative campaign or something like that, where you're fully corn allegiance or something with Bellacor as your general, you can do that with this army too. So. And a good question coming out from Hades is um, how can people play Legion of the first Prince? Uh, what battle tome will they need? Well, there, there is no technical battle tome um, where these, these, these Legion of the first Prince rules can be found is in this book, broken realms, Bellacor. Um, we don't know what that might look like. It might be brought into Warhammer Plus at a later stage. Um, so in the meantime, it is still currently available from my understanding, so grab it. Um, and then I guess it depends on, I, I guess most of the, the rules, the other the other rules you need will just be in the Warhammer app or AOS reminders or, you know, whatever it is. The, I don't think you need the other Battle Tomes buckets. You don't really need, like, the Slanish or Nurgle nope. books, do you? The only thing you need is the Games Workshop published works with this book it has had multiple faqs in regards to different demon units that you may want to bring into your faction so you're going to have to have all those published works to be able to fill out your army and then also the broken well bellicor book you're going to need that also all right jonathan's been annoying the crap out of me about gargans the whole stream because he's a yeah. he's a he's a he's a stomper well, do you think there's any place for a mercenary mega gargant yeah it's toral yeah um, so it's first there... okay go ahead yeah is, it, is there a place for a Mega Gargan? Because a lot of people are actually getting success. I'm actually seeing a fair few people taking mercenaries in top lists. Do you think there's a place for a mercenary Mega Gargan in Legion of the First Prince? Well, to be honest, there's actually some discussion about that right now in terms of even if you can. Because there's some interesting wording in the FAQ that came out with Legion of the First Prince in terms of only available units to the army. So I'm not sure if there's an FAQ that allows for mercenary companies to be taken in Legion of the First Prince. Um, that's something that I've asked about, other people have asked about. It's actually been an open discussion over the past week or so in that channel. So yeah. I can't answer that, John, to be honest. Right now, as rules are written, I'd have to look more into it. I haven't thought about it much, but I know Wait, other people I'm have. I mean, Sean, who went third at Flying Monkey Con, who's in the chat saying it's questionable. Yeah. Uh, if, so so he, he's consistent with you right now, that right now we uh, might need further clarity and maybe you want to talk to your TO if that's something you're considering. Um, and maybe the last question, Buckers, before we kind of bring it home, um, is is there any particular units that you like to summon in particular? Yeah, Jeff, that's a really good question because in my summoning pool, in the army I have, I got it all, man. Uh, it was brought up Furies are very interesting. You can summon Furies with this army. And they're similar to like what your opponent's doing with a fox. Yeah, Shai <laughs> He said they're 
very interesting. You can keep them out of combat. They have a lot of fast movement. They're very annoying. Bellacor can summon those, but if you need to get somewhere, uh, Demonettes reroll charges. They move six inches, so you could potentially, if you get a double turn, you could they run and charge, so you can run them, move them, then run and charge them, and they can get 34 inches or something. But it's usually just five pink horrors. I mean, it's 25 wounds. I like five um, pink horrors. Yeah, I mean, pink horrors are just too good. If if it's not pink horrors, it's probably plague bearers. I don't know. I don't know if blood letters for me would be something that I'd want to summon. Um, I think they're probably like at the bottom of the tree. Sorry, blood letters. The, 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 um, the thing is you can only summon from Legion specific units. So if you've lost Bellicor and you've lost Kairos in my list, I can only summon blood letters. <laughs> um, Jeremy, I'm not going to go into the weeds here. Uh, I know you probably want to go into the weeds. So Jeremy's asked a question around how rally works with pinks. Shoot me a message in the Legion of the First Prince uh, in AOS Coach Discord. Just tag me in there, and I can sit at the computer with you for maybe 15 minutes, and we can hash it out. But what I would say, though, is there's a lot of gray with that one as well, so just go in. I think the general consensus from the TO community, and this is if every event organizer is running this differently, so please don't take this with, like as a gospel, but most TOs are ruling it as buckets. I might let you share it because I know you recently got a clarification. I did. Um I recently got a clarification. It's uh, they're doing the max unit size for the unit would if you have ten pinks would be 20, 20 in total, and if you took twenty pinks it would be forty in total. And for rally you can only rally the pinks. There's no rallying allowed, so the potential is you can only roll a maximum of ten dice no matter how many models you've lost. They're playing as rules are written, but I don't know if that's a and in other aspects, like you can use the banner and use life swarm still in terms of rally. That's what they've ruled on. Um, so but that's one TO that's one TO. It's not every TO It's just right now in terms, I would speak with your TO before you submit a list to a tournament. I recently found out that a gentleman, um, that's been a great contributor to the discord. He's been a long time member. He's been on board and he submitted his list. I don't want to say any names, but right before the tournament started, they changed the rules on some of the units in his army after list submission. Yeah, It's very difficult uh, if that happens, but I mean, I suggest just reach out to your TO, send an email. I got a response right away. I mean, TOs love Warhammer, eh? <laughs> yeah, but the, the, so, so that, that's just our ruling. So I know, especially yeah. with Pink Horrors, it's just what, what dice can I roll? How does it all work? Um, I would speak to a TO, but, uh, and then just to answer uh, John, Don Dell's final question, um, you know, with the vermin law corrupt, the disappearing and you can't get it. Where are you, what are you putting a, a D3 mortal wound weapon on? I imagine it's something very corn-like, which is going to be a combat monster. Um, it's the contorted epitome. Okay. Yeah. It gets nine attacks base and you can reroll one. So you, it's really good. You can spike some damage. It's a good unit. So pick up yourself a contorted but you don't. But you, you would in this particular build, you would have to go to warlord as opposed to battle regiment to get the extra command. Oh uh, yes, for this though. army. Okay. Yeah, but in, yeah, yeah. let me obviously find something that's going to have a lot of attacks to kind of ping those mortals off. But buckets. This is mate. We could keep talking for hours. We could I honestly know. talk for hours, which is a good thing because it means that this type of build, Legion of the First Prince, has a lot of list variety. And I've already mentioned earlier. Just you know, events literally just happened last week between Sean, who's in the chat, Emma Mengels, um, uh, Carl Roa, who have all like I looked at their list and they're similar. 
there's a lot of differences as well. So I think yeah. there's a lot of variety that as the game evolves, as tournaments pick scenarios or battle plans that work really well, maybe we work into a battle pack that's no longer in Gur when we go into Hish. Um, there's a lot of variety you can pull into to kind of adapt to yourself. So um, good, especially as a City of Sigma player who knows there's a lot of like flexibility and variety. So yeah, you want that Hish battle mage. <laughs> <laughs> but um, buckets. If people wanted to talk list talking, I think I know the answer to this because you've already referred to it a few times. Um, where could people talk to you more and chat Legion of the First Prince? Because I think people are appreciating the fact that we've actually covered it. So um, shout yeah. out to, to all of you uh, Dark Prince lovers. If you're not on board yet, you guys join the AOS Coach Discord. The community has now reached over 2,500 members. We continue to grow. Um, we have a lot of exciting stuff planned for the future in terms just – it's a beautiful community and we're breaking that army down there. Um, it's an extremely positive group that's been breaking the army down 24 hours a day. We're talking discussion, we're, we're playing games, we're communicating about the armies and you can always just tag me in that discord. I don't have other forms of social media, but feel free to shoot me a direct message. Uh, you'll be able to find me in there and we can talk and set up a time. I'm usually free in the evenings. I've been talking to people and anytime I'll make time for you to talk. If you want to talk about an army, I'll make time for you. One other cool thing about the discord, not to, you know, trip, uh, you know, toot my own horn um, is there's a lot of age of Sigmar tabletop simulator games happening almost 24 seven. So when oh, you yeah. see someone like buckets, who's playing a game, you can drop in and watch it and go, you can watch what buckets is doing. And, you know, depending on the type of game, there's a lot of very casual games. You're like, Hey, do you mind if I ask why you did that? And um, I think it's a great way to learn the faction. So uh, if you're not on the Discord, link is down below. Go check it out. Um, uh, we're, we're pretty free to chat, not just about Legion of the First Prince, but all of the different factions. There's subject matter experts like Buckets um, who can chat with you. But, uh, yes, link is in the episode description. Um, but look, maybe I should do some youtube -y stuff and say that I would love to hear from you how you're building your list. So um, if there are some things that we haven't talked about and we kind of showed off some of Bucket's builds, you know, we went like that, um, you know, this is his build. What's your what's in your build? You know, how are you building your Legion of the First Prince? What's in your list? Um, let me know in the comment section. I'd love to hear what you're putting in your list and maybe Bucket's can steal some of your goodness and, and go 5-0 and at the next GT. I would love to. I would love to. <laughs> all right mate thank you very much for your chat um we we'll probably hang out more in the discord literally after this but uh, i'm gonna go have some lunch all right man thank you so much and thank you for everyone for joining cheers guys thanks everybody thanks for sticking around until the end i hope you found that video interesting and you walked away with a few new ideas if you did i would appreciate it if you hit like on the video as well as left me a comment let me know what your thoughts are in the comment section below the conversation will continue over on Discord, so links down below in the episode description if you want to join the Discord and continue the Age of Sigmar conversation. I want to give a massive shout out as well to these absolute bloody legends, these champions who have continued to support me through Patreon or YouTube members. That is going directly into supporting the maintenance and the growth of this channel. So thank you very much, guys. Much appreciated. And until next time, roll more fixes.